Dig. And I'm Hannah Hampton, and you're listening to HR After Hours. Well, hello and welcome to HR After Hours podcast, the only HR podcast to be kicked out of the bingo parlor at Nana's <laughs> retirement home. I'm sorry, <laughs> bitch had it coming to her. I called it first. You snooze, you lose, Granny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hannah Hampton, how the hell are you today? I mean, sounds like maybe better than you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. Never played bingo, and I love my Nana. I'm real excited. Uh, you know, we had different plans, and it ended up going into a two-part episode here. So let's talk about our HR Basics 101. I want to discuss this article. It's called, Pardon Me, Nearly Half of Companies Offer Worker Etiquette Classes. Ooh. All right, well, let's have some fucking fun now, shall we? So, yes. You and I, big fans of HR Dive. You I thought you were going to say we're, we're fans of fun. I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Well, of course. <laughs> you have quoted HR Dive every other episode since we've been doing this. It's a For great sure. source. I do. I love it. I, I, I love it. You, got, you folks at HR Dive, great work. Well, here is an article written by Ginger Christ, published about a month ago, July 25th. That's like what I say when I stub my toe. Ginger Christ. <laughs> exactly. I say cheese and rice. <laughs> I would um, say Ginger Christ from now on. I worked with someone from South America and cultures are different. And so for him to say, Jesus Christ, when something was frustrating, that was just how people around him spoke. Hmm. And it didn't bother me, but I said, you know, we're going to get some complaints here. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when you, when you're about to have that kind of moment of yelling cheese and rice instead of Jesus Christ? And he looked at me first like I was high and I wasn't. I go, just give it a shot, please. And and I go, that's all I ask. That's all I'm going to ask you. Just give it a shot. And he did. And he had so much fun with it. And then everyone else started yelling cheese and rice every time they they pop something. And it was just something I had actually heard in a Mexican restaurant. So there you go. All right. So let's talk about very quickly this article. It's called Pardon Me. Nearly half of companies offer worker etiquette classes. Mm-hmm. Mick Danzig five years ago would have said, seriously, Hannah, is this mm-hmm. where we are now today in society? Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of like, well, you know what? I see why some people do it. So I'm going to read part of this and then I just want your take on it. The The opening to this says, let's be real. The COVID-19 pandemic and the associated Social and physical isolation left all of us a little weirder for wear. <laughs> that, I don't think a truer statement has ever been written. I, I think we just became less con- self-conscious of how weird we really were at times. Yeah. But now as companies continue to bring workers back into the office or adjust to permanent remote and hybrid setups, these idiosyncrasies are coming to the surface. Uh, to tamp down unprofessional and potentially downright strange behavior, Business executives are offering etiquette classes for employees. Mm -hmm. A July survey of more than 1,000 leaders by ResumeBuilder.com found that 45% of companies are already offering classes, while another 18% intend to start by 2024. Mm -hmm. Just with knowing that much of the article, I want to hear your thoughts, Hannah. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you kind of my 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 overview of like the takeaway. You don't know what you don't know. So I am always a fan of giving people opportunities to learn about these things, about, you know, here are some best ways to work collaborating uh, with a team in person. Here's how to do it uh, when it's virtual. 
you know, I, I had worked with somebody, it was actually somebody I reported to who didn't love to hire people straight from college because this person always felt that there were, they were a lot of work because you had to teach them not only the role, but how to operate in a professional work environment. So to me, it's a no brainer because again, you don't know what you don't know. Like how you operate in high school is different than how you operate in college and university, how you operate in college university is different than, than a corporate America, than a professional work environment, than different industries. So learning worker etiquette, I think is totally great because again, you don't know what you don't know. I remember I got laughed at. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to share a story where people laughed at me. It was my first job out of college and we were in the training class and the and at the end of it, you know, at the end of the tra- couple weeks of training, the onboarding, they're like, "Is there any topics that we missed? Anything that you'd want to learn about?" And I raised my hand. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm like I want to know more about uh office like ergonomics to make sure that I'm working in a way that I'm not hurting myself because I remember I was on the mouse, I'm on a computer all day, my wrists were hurting me." And people laughed at me. They're like, "That's stupid." But now there are departments, there's companies that actually bring in uh, ergonomic experts to help people with this because like, I didn't know, like, I didn't know the best ways to be using my mouse or my keyboard. I just did what I always did when I would like peck away at, at writing papers in college. And, you know, I'm like, I, I, but I think it's really smart to want to take care of yourself. And that's just one piece of it. So again, office etiquette, you learn by observation. And maybe if you were in a, you worked at a place with a shitty, uh, culture, you're learning bad behavior. So, I say go for it. I don't think it's ever going to hurt. I think if anything, it's going to help if it's done right and done well. So thumbs up for me. (laughs) I like it. So let me read a little more to you. I'm I'm going to (laughs) wait till I talk. Companies' reasons for requiring the classes vary from employees wearing too casual clothing to not being able to make polite conversation. But how do you know? Like, I know. know? Because a lot of times, like, uh, dress codes will just say business casual or business professional and show like one picture of somebody in a really stupid outfit. How do you know unless you tell people? It's like setting extremely clear expectations. <sighs> Sorry. It's all right. It gets better because this is I love the next one. Talking about politics or religion at work and being unable to write professional emails. So, you know, there's a lot of things that so you don't know what you don't know. Right. So that part to me kind of seems like, uh, well, you just kind of assume they learn this in school. No, not necessarily. And we're not always I'm taking like worked up. This is driving me crazy. I hate when people assume things. Oh, they should know by now. OK, well, how do you know that they know? How do you know about their previous experience and if that's something that was expected? I get crazy when it comes to people who are like, sh- they should understand or it's assumed. No, never assume. Trust but verify. Set clear expectations. I know they're corny sayings, but they are there for a reason because they work. Sorry. You hit like a nerve. Oh my gosh. I I didn't know this was going to happen. We knew we were talking about this topic and all of a sudden I'm like, ah. So here's a good part though. I love this. So when asked readers via social media, their thoughts on etiquette classes, they brought up concerns about the employees wearing pajamas to work. Oh my God. Taking too long to respond to correspondence and not respecting others time. To know some online question the needs for such classes characterizing them as unnecessary time and expense and self-important busy work while others said such classes should be voluntary to avoid mm-hmm. micromanaging 
workers and to promote more open-minded employee development. So I really like this though, because one of the things they talk about is being aware of, you know, coworkers on other time zones. Again, if someone didn't point it out to you, how long would it take you to realize it on your own? If you're not used to working with people that are, you know, still in bed and you're pissed that you didn't get a response from them. Oh my gosh. I lived in Hawaii for a short part of my life and I ordered something online and there was an issue with my order and it was a company out of New Jersey and the salesperson called me at three in the morning and Hawaiian time. And I stupidly answered the phone. I mean, this is back. It was a landline. <laughs> I'm old. Um, and I answered the phone and I was pissed at them. I made them cancel the order because I was so pissed. I'm like, do you understand that it's three in the morning when you're calling me? And the, the person is like, um, there's an issue with your order. And I'm like, yes, but it's three in the morning where I'm at. Do you understand that this is not a right time to call somebody? And they had no, to them, it didn't face them whatsoever. They just needed to get me on the phone and didn't care that they woke me up at three in the morning. And it's like that person needed to learn that. If I was their manager, I would have taught them that. As my son grew up and through high school and college, I'm a pretty old school, traditional parent. His friends, their parents weren't. And, you know, it was the, oh, it's never your fault style of upbringing. And, well, they just don't know how special you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, the parenting where, oh, you know, you'll figure it out someday. Well, no, not if you don't tell them. Right? And so there are a lot of young professionals out there that for no fault of their own, they don't know what you and I consider extremely basic you know, because they've been told that everything they do is okay. You know, it's just like, again, I don't know why I'm going, I'm going to make a second stand-up comedy reference, but I I don't even remember who the comic was, but they were talking about coming up and being, you know, in the open mics and watching this kid, who's probably 20 years old, go up and just bail epically on open mic night. He watched him go down and sit with his mom and his mom was like, They just didn't get you, honey. You were fantastic. You were fabulous. Mm -hmm. And of course, needless to say that the the successful comic never ran into this other comic again because he didn't learn because no one told him you got to work harder or this isn't the right approach or this material doesn't match you or whatever it is. If you listen to any comedian in an interview, usually at some point they'll talk about how great and important it was mm-hmm. to bomb yep. and that they still bomb as headliners sometimes. Yeah. You know, and that all it does is just re-energize you and re-motivate Helps you. you learn. And, mm-hmm. and you learn and you focus. If we have to train people not to wear jammies to work, well, let's just do it instead of letting them letting it become an issue, right? Or like, letting them do it and get embarrassed. And then like yeah. they have all these feelings. It's like, why wouldn't we just like it's kind of just doing like a little helping hand. Let's how about let's help each other out in this world and let's be a little less mean and be a little helpful and help people be successful. Absolutely. I, you know, when I interview people and I ask them what their greatest career accomplishment is, mm-hmm. my favorite answer is when they discuss people that they've mentored or helped develop or even just get them in the right direction. And we're excited about seeing that person be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, 
that's a true benchmark of when you've grown professionally and personally is when you can be happy for others and celebrate their success without being jealous or petty or Mm -hmm. say, well, they didn't really deserve it. Or I was doing that long before them, or I'm the reason they're successful. No, you're not. You may have given them some good advice, but they did what they had to do. They took the information given to them by you and by others, and Mm -hmm. they made their own model of what they wanted to be and what they wanted to create professionally. And that's what made them successful. I feel like sometimes, and I think this was more uh, of a boomer thing and maybe even some Gen X's where it used to be cool to like watch people fail when they came in new, like they'll learn, ha ha ha. Yeah. Or withhold information that would make someone's professional career easier or a certain task just because, well, no one ever helped me. I had to, you know, it's, it's that whole thing, especially like chefs. They always talk about how they were just ridiculed and berated at the beginning of their careers and in different industries. And I know tech people that told me how, how horribly they were treated and how little sleep they got the first couple of years in the industry. And I, I am I going to be a little jealous when we finally see American workforce not have to work 40 hours and get, you know, a minimum of 30 to 45 days of of PTO. Mm-hmm. A year ago, I'd be a little salty because I just, because mm-hmm. I'm getting a little older and I, I'm starting to plan timeline like, how much longer do I want to work? When mm-hmm. am I going to be semi retired? Mm-hmm. But today, I don't care. I want to see people get to live their lives and yeah. enjoy things and not be constrained by unjustified, unproven. Don't be a back-in-my-day person. Back-in-my-day, we put in 65 hours and didn't complain about it. We're good for you. Like, the world's different now. Let's, you know, let's use technology to our benefit. Let's, you know, let's live a great life. Let's enjoy our families. I'm sorry that you didn't like your wife and children that made you want to be at the office 80 hours a week. That ain't my problem. Exactly. Like I used to joke that I was so excited about the days that I'd get to shake my rake in my front yard. <laughs> and, you know, I don't really have a lot to shake my rake about. That's I listen good. to I listen Please to new catch. music. I love it. I've got to pick and choose what I'm going to keep up with at this point. Uh, I was very fortunate to be a teenager in the 80s and, and go to college at the end. But at the same time, I'm getting older. I, I'm a young grandparent now that the eldest is in junior high, I love asking what's cool right now. You know, what do you, what do you like? And it irks me only for a second now when I make a reference and someone goes, well, who the hell is Jerry Seinfeld? What? <laughs> you know, or. I'd, but, I'd want that too. <laughs> but they're, they're 22. They may, you know. Yeah, I get it. I get it, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I don't know anything about Logan Paul. That guy's going to be a billionaire before we die. So some people obviously yeah, like what he's I doing. I think I know the name. I think it's probably a YouTube person. I don't know. He started as a YouTube person, okay. and now he's a boxer, and he's in the WWE. I mean, he's doing, yeah, he's doing all this impressive stuff. Well, I don't have that. time. Good for life. him. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, you know, so that's okay. But I'm not out front shaking my rake going, oh, how dare you guys like that? Logan Paul, he didn't go to school. He just did YouTube. 
Well, he's got a million dollar, soon to be billion dollar business. So I'll learn a little bit, not my thing, but I learned enough about the guy that when his energy drink company was under heat because it had similar packaging to his hydration drink and they were saying it was being geared at all these kids, Mm -hmm. he wasn't doing it on purpose. The guy, they were trying to cancel him for just packaging on beverages. And that's where I'm like, hold on. I respect the guy enough to know that he's built a billion dollar business that doesn't involve exploiting others. I can hop on. If you made your money exploiting others, then I have no respect for you. I'm not going to shake my rake on everything. I'm sure there's some things out there at some point that I'll be like, that's insane. But I'm also not going to pile on with the cancel culture on eliminating something I don't know anything about. Well, right? that, was quite the, uh, that was quite the rabbit hole we just went on. Didn't we, though? And But we're going to wrap this up. Let's talk about these etiquette classes. So you provide them as a company. Are they mandatory, Hannah Hampton? Oh, well, um, well that is a really great question because I'm not always the biggest fan on mandatory things. However, I feel like when it's necessary, it's necessary. So maybe it's mandatory during orientation and then Boom! supplemental yep. classes where you can take more uh, that are optional. I think it's got to be at orientation. I think if you Mm -hmm. wait after that, I think people are going to feel like you're making them take it for a reason, even if you say everyone has to take this. I think Mm -hmm. if you roll it out, you roll it out just like you do anything new and you have everyone do it that's already with the company. And then I think moving forward, it's part of orientation. It doesn't have to be long. It can be, let's cover these things in a, a video and then you have additional resources available for them if they have questions or there's any specific thing that they are not extremely knowledgeable about. Because let's be honest, there's more than one person in this orientation and there's something someone doesn't get, they're probably not going to raise their hand and say it. Mm -hmm. So you offer the links or the printed materials at the end of it and just say, hey, do me a favor, read off on these and sign off that you read off on them. And then there's there's further links and resources if you want to know more, or I'm happy to uh, have one-on-ones with you if you want to discuss anything. Uh, but I definitely think it's got you got to do it. It's got to be an orientation. It's got to be a one-time rollout. Timing is everything. If someone all of a sudden has been showing up to work in jammies, and then it, three weeks you tell everyone, you know, hey, we get, we're, we're going to do this class. You've got to do it. They're like, oh, it's because I'm wearing jammies, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> they're embarrassed. It's definitely about the knowledge. And I'll close. I'll ask you if you have any other things. But, you know, your story about being embarrassed. I have one that's my fault. When yeah. I was in middle school, it, I was, you know, golf was popular. And, uh, you know, I thought I, I, I want to check out golf. I want to learn some things about golf. And my dad, uh, who has been a mentor at different times in my career, said exactly what you and I said. He said, hey, if you want to really learn about golf, you know, you should interact with people that have been doing it for a long time that are good at it. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you know what? He goes, I got a great idea. He goes, this summer, why don't you uh, caddy a little bit at the country club? And I didn't care. I was like, OK, yeah, it's a great idea. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't bother to really study anything about the different clubs. You know, I didn't really bother to learn the basics. This club's for these type of shots. You do it this far out. 
And so uh, I'm caddying for the first and only time I ever did it. I knew, you know, I knew the course. I'd only played a few times with, with my dad because my dad was a great golfer who didn't like golf. I'm, I'm not really paying attention. I'm carrying the bags. I'm listening to the guys. I, I'm already set up for failure, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I know nothing. I didn't learn the clubs. I didn't learn about the different hazards. I did no work on my end. And so we get up to this hole, probably five holes in the guy says oh yeah he goes oh it looks like a pretty good shot he goes uh, what club do you recommend and i said well your driver because we're getting teeing off right mm-hmm. everyone laughed and they thought i was busting this guy's balls because we were at a par three that was only about 130 yards that did not require anything more than an eight or nine nine iron even if you were five foot one, 99 pounds. And I didn't have, I hadn't earned my gut and my quick wit yet because when everyone laughed, I could have looked and said, Oh, there's the pin right in front of us and gone, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just kidding. The stroke's been great. I'll get your eight. Instead. I just kind of froze. I could have been laughing with them, but instead they were just laughing at me because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. The guy asked me a basic caddy question as far as what club to use. And I embarrassed myself. I said the worst thing I could have said. And I'm just lucky that he laughed it off. He could have been really angry saying that, you know, I said he he was terrible, needed a driver on a 130 yard par three. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't Mm -hmm. try to even figure out what I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. I didn't bother to ask anyone, hey, what don't I know? So I at least knew where to look for resources to start. I went in blind and I epically failed. And it was 100% my fault. There you go. What about you, Hannah? Any great failure stories that you want to embarrass yourself with? Or should we close on this terribly morbid tale of (laughs) my life? Yeah, we'll, we'll save my story for another time. We'll close on this one. I like that. And you know how I like to close, Hannah? Mm. Why don't you tell me what we should do? Let's put the humans back into human resources. Hannah Hampton, always a pleasure. Take care. 